it wasn't until this morning that it kind of it got okay. <laughs> so this morning I went for a run, um, and there was a song came on. And it was one. It was a. It wasn't even a Christian song actually, but it was a song came on, and there was a, a line that kind of sealed it for me. And the line was, "Clap your hands if you know what happiness means to you." So I thought about that, and what happiness to me is knowing God and sharing God. So all I'm doing right now is just sharing God with everybody here. So with that being said, I'm going to continue on. So for those that don't know, I'm a stay-at-home dad. My wife, Crystal, and I have a, she's right there, that little <laughs> thing there. A very, a, very, a very happy, energetic child who goes and goes and goes and goes. And then when you think she's done, she's actually still going. And so this is how she is from the minute she wakes to the minute she goes to bed and often after she goes to bed too as well, to be honest with you. So I've learned a lot about sacrifice being at home with a toddler. Um, I've kind of had a unique experience being a stay-at-home dad that a lot, a lot of guys get. Um, so with, with that, anyone who, and there's people in this room I know that have spent any amount of time with a toddler know that it is mentally, physically, and mentally, mentally, physically, and emotionally draining. There are honestly days that I just want to sit on the couch, stare at a fixed point on the wall, and do absolutely nothing. <laughs> so why, why do we put ourselves through this physical, mental, I'm almost going to say torture, this anguish. Why do we do it to ourselves? I'm going to say we do it because of love. Simply put, we do it because of sacrificial love. So every day we are presented with choices to love. Now, do we simply love or do we go that extra step further and do we love sacrificially? And to go a little bit further, are we willing to sacrifice our time, our money, our possessions, and even our own sanity for love? So let's take a minute there. What have today, what have we sacrificed lately? What have, what have I sacrificed lately? What have you sacrificed lately? And better yet, what does it actually mean to sacrifice? Sacrifice, simply put, is a loss or something that you just give up, normally and usually for a greater sake, a greater cause. Parents, we sacrifice our time and often our sleep for the sake of our children. Children, I'm going to go with teens, we're going to go because there's some teens in here. Teens, sometimes you might sacrifice time hanging out with your friends in order to get that better grade that you want. Athletes sacrifice a lot to get to the top of their game. I know there's some people in this room that like to run, they like to maybe swim. There's a few here I know that are doing a triathlon coming up. Uh, my wife and I run. Well, I, I more follow her and she runs, but that's another story. But recently, she ran a marathon, um, and I can tell you that she just didn't decide, I'm going to run a marathon, and then the next day, go and run the marathon. It took a lot of time, it took a lot of sacrifice for her to do that. Some of us, too, we may, we, maybe we serve in our community in different ways. Some of us, maybe we volunteer with the seniors' home and go and play cards with somebody. Maybe we volunteer on uh, vol- committees here in town. Myself, personally, I'm a member of Canulista Fire Department, and I can tell you that at times it is a sacrifice being a part of that department. Uh, I can also tell you my wife will attest to this, that fire calls, and I think Doug can probably say the same, and Ray, if he was here, fire calls don't come at a convenient time. Fire calls normally come the minute you're ready to sit down for dinner or the moment you put your head to the pillow and you want to go to sleep. So every fire call that I go to is a sacrifice for my family, yet I, I still do it. So marriage... Marriage is a sacrifice on many levels as well. So spouses, we give up a lot for each other. So let's just take a little bit of time and just think right now, in your own head, you don't have to say this out loud, you can if you want, but that might be a little weird. But <laughs> what, what have you sacrificed this morning, this week, maybe this month, or maybe this year? 
And now that sacrifice, has that been, can you say that sacrifice has been a, like a minor sacrifice? Has it been major or would you even say it's been an extravagant sacrifice? An extravagant simply meaning excessive, over the top, often expensive. So for an example, if I leave here today and I'm going to go replace the chandelier in my kitchen, I'm going to go to home hardware, I'm going to buy a chandelier or a lighting fixture. It's not going to be too expensive, it's not going to be too cheap, it's just going to be just right. That's a normal thing to do. Now, if I go and I decide that I want to buy a bunch of gold, plate my kitchen walls with that because I like the way I look in it, put silk plush carpeting on the floor because I like the way it feels on my bare feet, that is extravagance. That's, extra- that's really extravagant. So have you ever wondered how God sees the sacrifices that we make? In today's passage, we're going to find that out. We're in Mark today, 14, 1 to 11. And I think there is an insert in your bulletin with that in there. So. so in this story, we're going to see an amazing story of a woman giving an extravagant gift and an even more extravagant act of worship. What the world sees as wasteful, God sees as worshipful. So I actually wasn't here last Sunday, but correct me if I'm wrong, I'm actually going to go with this, but I'm going to say where Tom left off last Sunday, and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty close. But. So if you remember last Sunday, if you were here, um, Jesus was predicting the destruction of the temple at the hands of, of his enemies. And so we see today an interesting parallel in today's reading where Jesus is describing that this is exactly what's going to happen to him. It was now two days before Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and to kill him, but not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may riot. So just take a minute here. And just let's look at this a little closer. Firstly, Jesus is, is at the home of a, of a leper. He's a healed leper, and most likely Jesus was the one that healed him. But with that being said, in Jesus' time, if you had leprosy or if you have had leprosy, you pretty much were a social outcast for life. Nobody really wanted to hang out with you. Nobody would eat with you. Nobody would be seen with you. So there's a red flag goes up in my head for the people that were there that wanted Jesus dead, and even maybe for the people, his disciples even at that point. So now we enter this woman, and she has a jar of perfume in her hand, or a bag, or however she bought it, I don't know. So just to get an idea of how much this perfume was worth, we need to understand what it actually meant for her to break the bottle, and she actually breaks the bottle. She doesn't unscrew it, she doesn't take a cork out. She breaks the bottle, and she pours it in its entirety over Jesus' head. So if you were invited to a a meal back in Jesus' time, and you were of social... If you were of... Say you were the mayor or you had high social status. The host of the banquet would anoint your head with some sort of oil. Now that oil most often was, it was sealed. And the reason it was sealed was so that it would prevent evaporation. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be wasted. So now this, this perfume is said that it was made of nard. So there was an essence of nard in it. Now nard was something that was most likely came from India or somewhere in the Far East. And it was very expensive. So to give you an idea... It was worth about a year's wages in today's money. So that's an expensive, that's, that's, that's expensive, okay? And on the other hand, it also could be said that this could have possibly also been an heirloom that was passed down from generation to generation to generation. So we have a bottle of perfume which is really expensive, and also on the other hand, it's priceless. It's this expensive, priceless bottle of perfume. And so what she does, what does she do with this bottle? 
she breaks open the top and she pours it in its entirety on Jesus' head. Honestly, to me, that seems like an utter waste. She completely wastes this bottle. But really, was it a waste? The world sees waste. Let's see what Jesus says next. But Jesus replied, Leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing for me? You will, not, you, will all, you will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want. But you will not always have me. She has done what God could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth. Wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Jesus sees worship. What the world sees as wasteful, God sees as worshipful. Jesus didn't see this woman's extravagant sacrifice as wasteful. Rather, he saw it as a sacrificial act of worship. She may not even have been aware of it, but here she was, anointing Jesus with a beautiful scent that would really follow him to the grave. Can you just imagine, take a minute, just imagine that, the smell that must have just filled that room. This beautiful, wasteful smell. This woman has given her most valued possession to honor Jesus. And in doing so, she greatly, greatly offended the world. We see in the next couple of verses that this great act of sacrifice might have possibly even been the straw that broke the camel's back in regards to Judas betraying Jesus. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests to arrange to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted when they heard why he had come, and they promised to give him money. So he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. So let's just go back to the first couple of verses. We'll loop right back that we had the, the teachers of religious law, the Pharisees. What were they trying to do? They were trying to find a way to kill Jesus. They wanted him dead. But they didn't want to do it in a way that was going to cause a riot or be messy. And we come back, and all of a sudden they have this inside guy. This guy who he's, he's, just, he's at the point where he's ready just to sell out Jesus. So Judas, here was a guy, he acted as the treasurer for all of the monies that came in through Jesus' ministry. So I'm taking a little bit of liberty, but I would think that maybe he paid for their lodgings, he paid for their food, he was responsible for distributing the money that was given to them to different ministries, different charities. So just what, what do you think went through Judas's head when he saw this woman break this bottle of expensive, priceless perfume all over Jesus' head? I'm thinking money signs. He saw a waste. He saw a complete and utter waste where Jesus saw worship. So just a little disclaimer. I'm not saying this is the only reason. This is the reason why Judas betrayed Jesus. I'm just saying maybe this might have been the last final straw that pushed him over the edge. Judas still couldn't see past the waste and Jesus saw worship. So this high cost of this woman's sacrifice is really, it's set in stark contrast to, I have to say, the relatively cheap payment that Judas received for his complicity in Jesus' in Jesus's death. So he got 30, 30 silver, and this perfume was worth a lot more. It's a little shorter than I thought. That's okay. So I just want to encourage everyone here today. Like I, I, I think that sometimes... The world can see what we do as a waste, and we're, we're that waste. God is still seeing worship. So I'm just kind of thinking, maybe there's people in, this, in the room today that maybe you give money to church. Maybe you sponsor a child. 
And maybe there's family members or friends that look at that and tell you, well, that's a waste. Why are you doing that? Why are you wasting your money? You don't know where it's going. But I just want to encourage that God sees that as worship. Like the serving in the community. Some of you, maybe you serve in our community here, and you go and you spend your Sunday afternoons playing cards with somebody at, say, the Harris Ward that doesn't really know what's going on. Someone might say, that's a waste of time. Why are you doing that? Why are you wasting your afternoon? Know that God is seeing worship in that act. And you go back to the mothers and some stay-at-home dads as well, or your parents, parents that are spending so much time with your children that you, don't see, you can't see past that sometimes. I know myself, there's times I'm like, I don't know, what am I doing? I never leave the house, or I just, all I see is Charlie just going, 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 going. <laughs> going, what am I, actually, am I actually doing? Am I making a difference at all? And know that God doesn't see that as a waste of time. God sees that as an act of worship. So what, what are we saving just for the proper occasion? And honestly, just really think about that. My daughter has a hat on right now. It's kind of cute. Just think about that right now. What are, we, what are we saving for the proper occasion? What's the greatest sacrifice you've made for anyone? Just think right now. For someone in your sphere, what's, this, what's the greatest sacrifice you've made for them? And then take it a step further. What's the greatest sacrifice you've made for God? What would it be that would be a waste in the world's eyes that God would see as an act of worship. This woman in the story, she has gives an extravagant sacrifice, but that extravagant sacrifice is still pointing towards Jesus' ultimate sacrifice for you and I. So God wants us to give all of, all of us to him. No holding back. He wants us to be like this woman in the story. He gave everything for him. What the world sees as wasteful, God sees as worshipful. I'm going to pray. Father God, I just thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity to come forward and to share your word, Lord God. And thank you for helping me with my nerves in a bit there, Lord. And ask them as we uh, hear another song from the worship team, Lord God, that you just uh, bless everybody in this room. So I am going to call the worship team up for another song here, and I apologize, it was a little bit shorter than I thought it was going to be. So, don't all get mad at me after. (laughs) 